Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. Well, we talked last week about you can't have intimacy with Holy Spirit when you have intimacy with offense. You got to pick one or the other because offense will block out your intimacy with Holy Spirit. And that includes offense with others because you cannot be forgiven if you do not first forgive. That's straight up scripture. That's gospel truth. So Ephesians 4 verses 27 to 32 out of the ESV. I just want to recap this and then we'll get to the new stuff. And give no opportunity to the devil. Everybody say no opportunity. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Mm. I was challenged with this right before service. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear, because we have to hear you. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Every Christian has to take this seriously in this moment as we're coming up on political season. Mm. Mm. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you become tender. I know when God is dealing with somebody during a position we were just talking about in worship, I can see the tenderness and I go, oh, the Holy Spirit's coming on them. The Holy Spirit. When he comes on you, you become tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Wow. So offense blocks the voice of Holy Spirit. We talked last week about shifting to offense with one another. And I, 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 just to recap, I was telling you, we, we started with that we're a Holy Spirit-inspired church. We started the year off with messages about that, and then we shifted to vision, and now I'm dealing with offense because if we're really seeking to be a Holy Spirit-inspired church and really seeking a move of Holy Spirit, if we're really seeking a Pentecost in this church, an outpouring and an awakening, we've got to make sure we're unified with the Lord and unified with one another. It's important. It's key. But a spirit of offense has literally overtaken society. You see it everywhere. We deal with racial division. We deal with political division. We've no longer, we, we, we've lost the art of being able to have a conversation where we disagree and we agree to disagree and that's okay. We've lost that. We need to bring that back. It's okay if you disagree. An opinion is exactly that. It's an opinion. You go, okay, but my opinion is righteous. Okay, well, don't be self-righteous. Just because you're acting righteous doesn't mean that it gives you a right to be self-righteous. Sometimes being right is not enough. 
When you're right, maybe it's best for you to be right and shut up about it. And let the Holy Spirit do the work. Man, we like to be a siren when we're right. Well, I'm right. They're wrong. Well, okay, but you being loud about it is making you wrong. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the talking. An offense causes division. Offense negates understanding. How many of you have ever been in an argument? I ended it there. You were ready for the, like, the, where, where is he going with that? How many of you have ever been in an argument? And when you're in an argument, it's important to listen so you can understand the other side. I have never won an argument by just talking over Liz. It's never gone well. But when I'm silent and I hear her and she sees understanding, she's monitoring. When she sees the aha moment, that's when she goes, oh, okay. And many times she'll go, you know what? I'm sorry for da 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 And that's how we end up dealing with that spirit of offense that's between the two of us. There's the cream in the middle of the Oreo. You can picture, if you, if you have an Oreo, you got the two cookies. It's, it's, it's me and Liz. I'll call Liz Cookie. And then the cream in the middle is the offense. And oftentimes, when you're dealing with those moments and you're not understanding, if you don't try to understand, you're really not getting anywhere relationally. So offense negates understanding. Offense not dealt with can lead to hatred. An indication of offense will oftentimes come as, as a critical spirit. This one grabbed me because I, I am so challenged with things that I see that irritate me on the reg. And if I'm not careful and I am offended, I will become critical. This happens a lot in church. We become critical. We don't like the way a church does something. We don't like the way a pastor does something. We don't like his denim jacket. Denim on denim. Too much denim. Let's go to another church. The pastor's jeans are too tight. The pastor's jeans are too loose. But we've got to eliminate a critical spirit. Because it will block out. A critical spirit will block out Holy Spirit. A critical spirit will affect your anointing. Critical spirit's not a spirit of understanding. We've got to deal with that. Also, jealousy. Oftentimes, the root of a critical spirit is a spirit of jealousy. So I'll be critical. Let's say I was critical of Stephen Furtick and Elevation Church because they're a large church and I'm desiring to be that. A lot of pastors are dealing with that. I don't want to be Elevation. I want to be Hope Covenant. And I don't want to be larger than we're supposed to be. I don't want to be smaller than we're supposed to be. I want to be in the center of God's will, and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to let the Lord build the church. They that labor, labor. Can we give God a shout of praise? It's really good. Not my problem. This is God's church. It's not mine. I don't own it. I'm stewarded a moment of leading this thing. And when the moment's over, God will let me know. That's the way we need to look at things. Your business that you're stressing out over. And you're offended with God about this thing. Lord, if you gave me the vision, this is your problem. Either bless it or, or let, you know, maybe this is not you. Wouldn't it be so much better if we would do that? It takes the pressure off. All of a sudden, you got the joy of the Lord because you put it in his hands. Harbor defense will eventually lead to anger. 
A lot of people dealing with a spirit of anger. It started with a little offense that wasn't addressed, and it turned into bitterness, which defiles everything. It means it muddies up your thinking, and you can't think through a clear filter. All because of unforgiveness. And as a society, we'll never address these things if we have the victim mindset of what's being done to me. What's been done to me? What they said to me? They cut me off. I was in the roundabout first. You graduated kindergarten like 40 years ago. Get over it. They cut me off in line. I had a guy who was at Harris Teeter the other day and he cut me off and he looked back. I'm so sorry. I said, I so don't care. I've got more time than money. <laughs> Gospel truth. Can I get an amen from anybody out there who's with me right now? I said, it's really okay. And he walked over. He said, thank you for being so kind. He goes, man, I, I, I'm telling you right now in society, he went off on society. This is a guy, and I, he, I could tell he doesn't even know the Lord. And even that can witness. Right. Actually, that especially can witness. Right. You know, character matters. Some of us walking around, again, we think we're righteous, but we're walking around self-righteous. No, we need to check that. There's, that was an anointed comment. And Jesus, we're talking about this victim mindset. Jesus was persecuted. Jesus dealt with racism. Jesus dealt with bigotry. Jesus was accused. But Jesus did not focus on what was being done to him. Jesus was focused on making an impact on society, not letting society make an impact on him. With all the unfair mistreatment and persecution, Jesus still laid down his life for every person in this room and every person in society and, and, and in eternity, then, now, and forever. That's, what, that's how Jesus handled it. Jesus, the soldier, if you remember he literally, he healed the ear in, in the garden of, of the soldier that, that Peter, he chopped off his ear out of vengeance. And what does Jesus do? He knows they're coming after him. He heals his ear. That's how Jesus treats his enemies. I mean, I was weeping over this as I was putting this together, just thinking about the treatment of Jesus on the cross, the treatment of Jesus still thinking of me. As he was beat, persecuted, and humiliated. I think of how I've treated people and put my mouth on people that have wronged me. And immediately convicted. What is that when that happens? That's you being in touch with Holy Spirit. And there's that tenderizing process that happens. And all of a sudden, when you're in touch. Listen, can I tell you? Victim mindsets go when you're in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Why do we have a generation with a victim mindset? Because we've snuffed out the Holy Ghost. Victim mindsets are handled in the presence of the Holy Ghost. Proverbs 19.11, a wise person demonstrates patience. For mercy means holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget. For you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. Oh, so I'm just supposed to dismiss this? Yes. Yet, yet Jesus did, because trust me, you, you were, your lifestyle was offensive and probably still is to him. Every day, I'm asking God to eradicate and show me things that offend him. And the closer I get to Jesus is the more convicted I get about the things that offend him. 
I do it on a daily, I did it this morning on the way here. I went, oh me, oh my, I'm in trouble. I'm speaking on this. And the enemy, yeah, you're speaking on this. And you are not qualified. I went, I was never qualified. I was never qualified. Shut up. Some of y'all need to get into the habit of telling the enemy to shut up. When he whispers a lie in your ear, get no, 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 no. It's a lot of no's. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 21 to 22 in the ESV. Do not take heart all the things that people say. I'm going to put a period right there. Some of y'all need to get into the habit of letting things roll off your shoulders. Man, the trap of the enemy is that it gets you offended. When you look at the text that comes in, you go, no, not today, devil. Nope. No, not, not today. Nope. Delete. I love deleting text threads. They, it brings me no greater joy than to delete text threads. I, I do it all the time. I, I do, I, I'm sorry if that offends you, but I do it all the time. I, I, I delete my text threads because I want a clear mind. I don't want to go back to, I don't need to know. Well, but I need the evidence. I, I don't need the evidence. I don't want the evidence. I'm, and if you keep your text threads, that's fine. But I, I do it many times. I'm trying to keep myself clear. I, I don't want to look back at that. So do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. Well, that'll convict right there. In other words, you've done stupid. So can we afford some grace? Can we afford some grace? Many times you're rapid firing and you're insulted at the things that are coming your way. If you would read your side of the text thread... Yeah, oh, snap. Oh, snap. We got to work issues out with folks. Don't let them sit. Listen, if there's, if there's a relational issue in your life right now, I want to encourage you to address it. Confrontation can be a great thing. If you handle it right. It's about how you handle it. It's about how it's packaged. But ghosting in this Passive-aggressive isolation. It'll never rectify offense. It'll actually perpetuate it. It'll prolong a spirit of offense. Don't let things go. Liz and I have a, a deal with each other. We don't ever drop the D word, divorce. It's not an option. She's with me, I'm with her. Till death do us part. One of us are going to have to die. And trust me, in some of our arguments, that's very possible. I know not y'all, but us. <laughs> Till death do us part. So we don't drop the D word. We never do that. And we don't go to bed at night until it's resolved. That might mean 6.30 in the morning and the sun's coming up with a cup of coffee and a lot of Jesus juice. But we've done it before. No, we're not going to sleep until this is resolved. Why? Because you wake up. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So if you're a little ticked off, deal with it. Don't let days go by. It's unhealthy. Deal with offense. I told you last week, I didn't call this deal with the spirit of offense because I don't want you to blame this on the spirit. 
There is a spirit of offense, but you have the ability to close doors on spirits. You have authority. And you must deal with offense. You must deal with it. That's what the Bible says. Matthew 18, verse 15 in the Passion Translation. If your fellow believer sins against you, you must go to that one privately and attempt to resolve the matter. If he responds, or she, your relationship is restored. So if you're the one offended, the onus is on you to go to the person that you're offended with. Not their job to clean it up. Because they might not even know that you're offended. It's your job to go to that person. And then that verse continues that if you, for some reason, are having trouble and you need a third party, go get a third party. If you need somebody to help mediate the conversation. And that includes in marriages. There's nothing wrong with that. Find somebody you trust and say, hey, can you help us with this? We need help. Find a marriage mentor. Find a relationship mentor. You're going to go through those moments. We've got my parents. I'm somehow always wrong when Liz and I go to my parents. I just want you all to know that. Just just using the the, the counsel of everybody that's here. It's kind of like when I walk in the door and now Hope gets a hello. Out of the New Living Translation, that verse, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. So that contributes to a spirit of unity. Holding a grudge maintains offense. Leviticus 19, verse 18 out of the New Living, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I talked about jealousy leading, leading to offense. And James 3, verse 16 out of the New Living, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. We got to be careful of that. We got to be careful. We have tools that are, that are made accessible to each of us on Facebook and on Instagram and social media where we're constantly surveying the lifestyle of others. If God wanted you to, and, and it's fake anyway, I've, we've talked about this, the, the, the fake news stuff that you see on Instagram, it's, it's not exactly what things really look like in real life. Everything's picture perfect. We gotta be careful with that. But it oftentimes can, can spur on jealousy. You see somebody that's in Italy on vacation and you're in the middle of your workday going, I wish I was that person right now. Well, don't stop that. That's an ungodly thought. If you were supposed to be in Italy, you would be. And when you're, listen, the Lord will open the door. If that's a desire of your heart, ask God for it. And in his timing, you'll go there. I don't know why I said Italy. It's because Italy's amazing. But jealousy can lead to offense, so be careful with it. I'm almost done. Victims are susceptible to offense. And here's the mentality that the Bible says to have in Luke 6, verses 27 to 29. You guys might want to actually write this down if you're taking notes. Luke 6, verse 27 to 29. This is the mentality the Bible says to have, the Passion Translation. But if you listen... I say to you, love your enemies and do something wonderful for them in return for their hatred. In return for their hatred. 
When someone curses you, bless that person in return. When you're mistreated and harassed by others, accept it as your mission to pray for them. How was the last time you prayed for your enemy? The last time somebody ticked you off and went, bless them, Lord. To those who despise you, continue to serve them and minister to them. If someone takes away your coat, give them as a gift your shirt as well. God's attracted to unity. And unity snuffs out offense. Matthew 18, verse 20, out of the Passion Translation, for wherever two or three gather or come together in my name, in honor of my name, I am right there with them. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Live in harmony with each other. It doesn't mean you agree on everything. It means you choose to live in harmony despite the disagreements. Let there be no divisions in the church. I'm going to read that again. What is the church? It's not a building. It's a bunch of people. Let there be no divisions amongst this church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. It's very clear in scripture that this is the recipe for the very thing we see in the book of Acts, which is Pentecost. If we can overlook the offense and just make it our goal that we're going to be in unity. You go, well, that, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not that soft. We'll get into the presence of the Holy Ghost and you will get that soft. Being soft is not a negative thing. It's like we've... We've taught men that if you cry, it's, it's not a, it's not, you're, you're not a man if you cry. Well, if that's the case, I have lost my man card way long time ago as I hold my baby and I'm in tears at the goodness of God. I want to be like a chocolate covered espresso bean. I want to be sweet on the outside and strong in the middle. And God is developing, listen, there's nothing wrong with your manhood if you let a tear roll down your cheek because the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. That's the beginning of your manhood. David is one of my examples of manhood. David is jacked up. He's got sin in his life. And and I told you about this, this Tale of Three Kings book, which talks a lot about this. And he dealt with the Saul in his life. I, I picture Saul as a macho man. And I picture David as a real man who is able to cry. In Psalms, you see David is like, he almost appears emotionally dysfunctional at times. But the reality is David hated himself when he was not pleasing to the Lord. And God says, that man is a man after my own heart. We need more Davids. And we're all in a process of dealing with the Saul inside of us. Saul, just a a hard guy, clearly not in touch with Holy Spirit. David had the opportunity to take him out, wipe him out. But David is in touch with the Holy Spirit. We need a spirit of David in this church, and I declare that. That we could see a spirit of David released on this church. That we would deal with this offense and see the tenderizing of our hearts so that God can move. So with the music playing in the background, I would like you to just close your eyes for a minute. This is a private time between you and the Lord. And I want you to ask God, 
where have you stored offense with somebody that it's blocking out the true voice of the Lord? Where Holy Spirit can talk to you. And I want you to just, again, we say repentance. It's not a dirty word. It's a wonderful thing. It's how we get freedom. Who are you offended with? And ask the Lord, Lord, purify my heart, my thoughts, my meditations. Lord, I don't want to live with this anymore. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your hand and just lay it at your feet. And that's going to be at the feet of Jesus, really. Just say, Lord, I deal with this offense right now. And I lay this at your feet and I surrender this. I overcome my flesh and I enter into your spirit and I lay this down. No matter how much I've been wrong, if I don't forgive, I can't be forgiven. Lord, help me deal with this offense. Help me deal with this offense. Yeah. Lord, convict us this morning. What's blocking out your voice because we're offended and jacked up in our hearts? Lord, we repent for bitterness that defiles everything. When an offense is gone and we've not dealt with it for a long time and this has turned into bitterness, now it's affecting all of our thoughts and all of our meditations to overcome our minds. Lord, it's unhealthy. Forgive me for that. Forgive me for that. Tenderize my heart, Jesus. Some of you say right now, I'm I'm discerning some of you are going, "I, I don't know that I'm feeling this quite like I should feel it. This is not about a feeling. This is a decision. This is not an emotion based thing. This is the decision. The feelings will catch up. Yeah. Now here's the homework assignment. This is the tough part. Some of you that have been offended and you've been holding things and you've been pent up, I want to encourage you to go to the person that you're offended with and actually apologize for the offense. When you go to somebody, maybe they need your forgiveness, but when you go and you say, no, I repent for holding this offense, it's amazing how that'll minister to that person and change that situation. That's powerful. You go, but I'm right. Okay, but being right isn't enough. Let's not be self-righteous. Man, this will preach. In order to be forgiven, I have to forgive. Yeah. Father, release us of anything that's holding us back. Any offense, anything that, that would come and rob our peace. I want to remind you last week we said an offense is a scam. It's a scam of your soul. Lord, we repent of being scammed and allowing it and not dealing with it. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, we just shout amen. Yeah. Guys, next week, I believe this is, if you know anybody who's dealing with hurt in relationships, it could be that you've gone through divorce, whatever it might be, I believe the Lord's really going to do some ministry in this room. If some of you need somebody to agree with you this morning, you're like, man, I'm really having a hard time breaking through this offense and I need somebody to partner with me where two or three are gathered in my name, things happen, that's scriptural. 
Come and see one of us on pastoral staff, Lynn and Ashlyn, our elders. We want to pray with you. We'll, we'll help see you there. We'll encourage you. We'll give you some scripture. If you need prayer and you need just a little extra push this morning, we'll help you with that. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. We're going to talk about this breaking down the walls and, and, and some good relational stuff that I really believe God wants to establish some things in our heart even further, a step further than even offense. So I want to encourage you guys with that. Guys, let's just make an agreement. We're going to come ready to worship next week. We're gonna, we're gonna, hey, what do we do? Let's just worship all week long and come ready. And I wanna encourage you, be here on time. We're gonna go for it next week, amen? Love you guys, you're dismissed. If you enjoyed today's message, I wanna encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.